Welcome to the No Water Methodist Church Podcast, where we hope to encourage you in your spiritual journey so that you may be a blessing to your local church and to the world. Over my years serving as a pastor, I've gotten sick at what I think is a normal rate. I think I'm a normal, uh, I I don't think I'm the healthiest person, but I don't think I'm the most unhealthy person either. Um, The thing is, I usually time it out right, uh, very coincidentally, so that I'm sick during the week and I I can attend worship and lead on, on the weekend, on Sunday. But this is the first time in a long time I just could not pull it together. Uh, I've got four kids now that are germ magnets. Uh, they got what I'm being told is the flu. I thought it was RSV because my wife and I were fine for so long, and then all of a sudden I had it, and oh boy, did I have it. Um, my wife was able to go help lead music and worship, but I stayed home, and my friend JC led the worship service and preached. Um, so I, I got to have the live stream worship experience from home for the first time. And, um, you know, I got to say, I I feel pretty good about our little church and our live stream, um, considering we had to throw things together last minute. Uh, Things could always do better. But um, anyway, I I felt good about uh, what the crew was able to do without me. I I just stayed home and and they they knew what to do. So, um, you know, of, of course, I like my preaching. But uh, if I have to have somebody fill in for me, JC is great, and I thought he did an excellent job. Uh, I didn't let him know that he was going to have to preach until the night before, and he looked over the texts, and he had thoughtful and insightful things to say. Uh, But even more than what he said is just the feeling of the service. I was just really glad at the intimacy that was experienced. I know we had some new people in worship experiencing what we do for the first time, and, um, you know, we, we don't have the biggest attendance or the loudest, proudest singing or the, uh, the, the, the most, like, uh, just, uh, 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 <laughs> I don't know, TV-friendly preaching. I don't know. No, that's not something that we have week after week. What we have is a spiritual family that loves one another and is seeking to love Christ in the right way. Um, and that really comes through, it even comes through in the live stream, but I just got to say nothing can at all supplant or even come close to being there in person. So anyway, we're glad to offer this podcast as always. I hope you really benefit from, uh, JC's reflections, but just know that, uh, any joy you get from this is, is calling you into faithful attendance and relationship and vulnerability with Christ's community. So I hope that this podcast is a blessing to you, and I hope it leads to further blessing and connecting you to us more intimately. Blessings to you. Good morning. Apparently I need a chair up here. Our first reading is from Isaiah 35 verses 1 through 10. You can find this on page 1022 of your pew Bibles. Listen to the word of God. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. 
and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye thy weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay, shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, and the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. So, Isaiah, if you take a look at the structure, is broken up into several prophecies that happen at different times over the course of Isaiah's life, and I don't know the specifics of when this one occurred, I can tell you that it's about 16 chapters, so it was pretty significant. He spent a lot of time leading up to this essentially closing paragraph on this prophecy. And most of his prophecies like this were written in poetry. Probably for a couple of reasons. One, it's a lot easier for people to remember things in poetic form. And these would largely have been passed down from generation to generation by word of mouth. Um, it's, um, It's interesting, though, when you look at how this ends. This is very definitely, very definitely a prophecy of the come, prophecy of the coming Messiah. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. What wonderful images. What a beautiful way to express what is going to happen when the Messiah comes. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. We have nothing to worry about, Isaiah is telling us. And then perhaps the central part of this passage is the most important, and we'll see why in just a few minutes. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart. And 
for those of you who aren't well-versed in Old English, the hart, H-A-R-T, is a, a male deer, stag. So this isn't just the lame getting up and moving around slowly. They're jumping for joy. <laughs> the tongue of the dumb will sing, for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. And then he goes on to say, a highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. Goes on to say, the redeemed shall walk there. What a, again, what another wonderful image from Isaiah here, painting this beautiful picture of how the deserts are transformed into lush gardens, and that those who walk the walk will be there to enjoy it. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow, and sighing shall flee away. I don't know how much I can add to that. I don't know how much more beautiful of an image could possibly be painted than that of all of the things that can harm us or scare us are gone. That every piece of the earth becomes fruitful and bountiful and a good place for us. Such an incredible image. Okay. It's a familiar so tune. Right. Uh, it's the tune of uh, Let All Mortal Flesh. So you want to sing it through together twice? Okay. Blessed are the poor and needy, for God's kingdom surely is theirs. All right, if you guys want to sing along with us this time. Blessed are the poor and needy, for God's kingdom surely is theirs. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Put not your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob. who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Blessed are the poor and needy, for God's kingdom surely is theirs. <clears throat> the Lord sets the prisoners free, The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord watches over the sojourners. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, from generation to generation. Blessed are the poor and for 
So, yeah. Yeah, we have not seen much sunshine for the last week, 10 days, so I appreciate the fact that it's happening, even if I am in here. The stained glass somehow makes it better. So, um, I didn't even look at this last night, but it obviously jumped out to me as we were reading through it this morning. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. Sound familiar? Didn't we just read something like that? Um, just love the way there are so many things that are repeated throughout the Bible to get our attention. You know, so I'm going to beat you over the head with a stick. My mother used to tell me when I was a child. <laughs> I'm going to make you learn this. And I love the fact that the Bible continuously reintroduces these same things, these same themes over and over as we read through it to enforce them, to make them stand out to us. Our third reading is from the book of James, chapter 5, verses 7 through 10, which you can find on page 1704 of your pew Bibles. Listen again to the word of God. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. The word of the Lord. So this, this reading is, as we'll find out when we get to the gospel, the exception. This is the one that doesn't mention the blind being able to see and the lame getting up and walking around. But it does stress something that is important for us to think about as we move through the Advent season. Patience. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and have long patience for it, until he receive the early and the latter rain. I am not a gardener. My father tried to turn me into one when I was young. It didn't stick. Um, I didn't mind doing the tilling. I hated the weeding that went along with it. <laughs> and I was always very impatient, especially with the tomato plants. I loved fresh tomatoes out of the garden. And uh, mom used to complain there weren't ever any of her recipes because I ate them all as soon as they turned red on the vine. Probably some truth to that. Um, but it was a long wait. Put those things in, well, this was in western Pennsylvania, so it would be late April, early May probably, and it would be the end of August, early September, until the tomatoes were ripe enough to start picking them and eating them. It's a long time to wait for a young child who loves his tomatoes. <laughs> 
And yet, the scripture is telling us here that wait, we must. The Hebrews waited for many generations for the Messiah to come. Many of them didn't recognize him when he got here. We have waited now thousands of years for the return. I hope we recognize him when he gets here. I hope we have lived in a way that allows us to be in his presence. But in this letter, we are reminded that we don't know how long this wait is, that we must be patient, that he will come again when it is time. And he reminds us that in the meantime, we may have to suffer a little bit in his absence. Take my brethren, the prophets, who has spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. I don't much care for suffering and affliction. <laughs> That's kind of hard to be patient with, too. I've had my fair share of health issues over the last few years, but These things do happen to all of us. I'm getting a little bit better with patience these days. Not great. I mean, I still order almost everything on Amazon for second day delivery if I can get it that fast. Uh, bad habit, I know. But the scriptures remind us that the path that leads to salvation is a long one, that we may suffer a little bit along the way, but the goal, like Isaiah told us, is to get to the end of that long road because at the end awaits everything good and wonderful. Having a little deja vu here. Uh, there, there are many of you out there that are old enough that are gonna know the name Tennessee Ernie Ford when I mention it. Um, that was one of the Christmas records that we had in my household. Actually, we had a couple that he was on, but him singing that song for the younger ones here, go look it up on Spotify or Apple Music or something and listen to it. It is just an incredible piece of music, and he does such a wonderful job, as did Bobby. Our gospel reading today comes from Matthew 11. Chapter, or yeah, I said chapter 11, verses 2 through 11, and you can find that on page 1353 of your Pew Bibles. Listen again to the Word of God. Now, when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Talking about John the Baptist here. And for those of you who don't remember the story, this is actually fairly early on in Jesus's ministry. John had been invited by Herod to come and explain what he was preaching to him. And John confronted Herod because Herod did something that uh, probably wasn't good and right even in today's standards. 
he basically stole his brother's wife away and married her. And John, as we would say in corporate America, called him on the carpet for it. And Herod did what kings of that age did when you insulted them. He threw John in prison. Now, I'm not going to make any comments on modern day politics. I'll skip past this. <laughs> so John's in prison and he hears what Jesus' early ministry has been. And he sends two of his disciples and he, he sends them with this. Ask him, art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And this hasn't been all that long since Jesus was baptized. I mean, he was baptized 40 days in the wilderness. He went out, he found his 12 apostles. He sent them off in pairs. They have just returned. It's very early on in his ministry. very briefly at commentary and they had two thoughts about what's going on here. One is, is that John's trying to figure out how he's supposed to be preparing the way if he's in prison and can't move about and go preach and baptize people. The other is, is that John knows very well what's going on but his apostles are doubting. So he sends his apostles, two of them, to go ask the question, knowing that they would come away from Jesus with a better understanding. I like that second idea better because I can't imagine John having lost his faith. But I can imagine John very much saying, no, go see for yourselves what he's doing. Jesus answered them and said unto them, go and shew John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and the lepers are clear, cleansed, and the deaf hear. That's Isaiah. That's Isaiah telling us what's going to happen when the Messiah gets here. The blind can see. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. And then Jesus goes on and adds, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. This is beyond anything Isaiah prophesied. The dead rising, but Jesus has already shown that he is capable of doing that. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Gospel means good news, not, you know, quite often we think of the gospel as the message of Christ, but in this case, I'm going to go back to the original meaning of the word, which just says, we're telling people the good news. This life isn't all there is to live. There is a life after this, and it is better. And you want to be prepared. Jesus goes on, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So the Hebrews at this time, it's not necessarily what was in the early prophecies about the Messiah, but they're expecting, if this is of the house and lineage of David, they're expecting a warrior. 
They're expecting someone who's going to come back, free Jerusalem from the bondage of Rome, turn them into a great and powerful warrior nation again. And Jesus is saying here, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. In other words, that's not what I came to do. Please, please, please understand. And as they, our two disciples, departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? Not hardly. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? If we think back to how John's described, his raiment's anything but soft. (laughs) He's not wearing comfortable clothes. He's kind of roughing it out there. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what ye went out for to see? A prophet, yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. So Jesus is telling the crowds that John the Baptist was the one who came to prepare the way. Verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. John is the greatest to have ever lived. And yet John is nothing compared to the lowest in the kingdom of God. And I have to think back to where Isaiah goes after he introduces the Messiah in that section we read earlier. And he talks about a road. And he says that the road leads to wonderful places. Jesus has to be expecting the folks to know the reference he was making. It's pretty much standard practice in those days was to memorize the Old Testament as part of your education. So when reminded of what Jesus had been doing and of the prophecy in Isaiah, they would have also been reminded of that road that leads to glory. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. Went past a couple of verses because I kind of liked those couple of verses just reminding us that the entirety of the Old Testament, somewhere here there's probably, yeah, that's a Bible. I brought this one because the print is larger and my old eyes don't like my King James Bible anymore. I suffered through it when I did a service at Easter, but I didn't 
think I could do it again. All of what is written in the prophets and the law is to point to Jesus. And Jesus here is reminding us that there is a road for us. I'm going to start sounding like Jeffrey now. It's not an easy road, but it is one we must walk. We must have faith. We must demonstrate that faith to the world around us. We must make a difference. We can't just say we have faith. We have to live in a way that shows that and displays that to the world. And if we do these things, we too then will be invited into the kingdom of heaven. And while I fully expect John the Baptist will be there with us, we will be greater than he was when he was on earth. And that is an amazing promise. I can't wait. I'm going to have to. Tells me I've got to be patient. Keep thinking it's about the middle of June and I'm waiting for those tomatoes and they're not ready yet. <laughs> they will be in time. And I hope so are all of we.